Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15, and Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 60. Now early in Acts chapter 6, it sets us up with the story that we have today. In Acts chapter 6, at the beginning, we have the church growing explosively. And because of its growth, they run into administrative issues. We have a group of Jews that are being neglected called the Hellenists. So there in Jerusalem, you had two groups of Jews. Now, don't get this wrong. They are both, both groups are ethnically Jewish. They would both trace their lineage back to Abraham. But one group of Jews are native-born Jews that have lived in Palestine probably their whole life there in Judea, maybe in Galilee. Then you have another set of group, uh, another set of Jews known as the Hellenists that grew up in what's called the Diaspora. The Diaspora is the spreading out of the Jewish people all over the world. For example, if you went to Rome, you would find a sizable Jewish population. Uh, 10% of Rome was Jewish. If you went to Alexandria, Egypt, there were many Jews, tens of thousands of Jews living in Alexandria, Egypt. So all over the Roman Empire, you would find these groups of Jews. Remember when we read Acts chapter 2, we saw the many groups of people that were there at Pentecost. They were all Jewish people, but they were from all over the world. And they stayed after Pentecost. So you have this church that's growing pretty rapidly, and you've got these Hellenists that feel like they're being neglected. So they're kind of outsiders. They're from out of town, and so complaining starts, murmuring starts. And the apostles answer that by setting up a group of men known as deacons who will take care of the everyday needs of these widows so the apostles can preach the gospel. So that's where we are. And Stephen, his name, that he's a Hellenistic Jew. He's also one of the deacons picked to help this group of people. And Stephen uh, is a guy that's gifted also in preaching. So he's not only a hands-on deacon, but he's also a very gifted fellow. So we're going to pick up with our reading now. And this is the trial of Stephen. First, and then we'll turn and read 7, 51 through 60. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. That some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and those of Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men and said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place in the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So interesting, first of all, we, we learned that this group of people from the synagogues, now you may think, now I thought Jerusalem was the place of temple worship. And there was both in Jerusalem. You had the temple where people would go for the sacrifices and for the great feast and for the hours of prayer. But the synagogue is where people would come together on Saturday for worship. And synagogue service was much like our church services. There would be Bible readings, there would be a a preaching or teaching from the Word, there would be singing that would 
take place. Of course, they didn't have communion. But preaching, singing, and teaching of God's word would happen in the synagogue. The synagogue was a place of worship and of discipleship and growing in knowledge of God's word. Teaching would happen at the synagogue. So you had these different synagogues all through Jerusalem. Just like you have different church buildings probably in your city, there'd be different synagogues all through Jerusalem. So there was a synagogue of the freedmen. These were people that were once slaves who have been made free now. Uh, one thing that's interesting to note is it mentioned Cilicia in Asia. And some wonder when Paul, when he was in Jerusalem, if that was the synagogue that he attended. I think it's fascinating that maybe Luke is mentioning that synagogue on purpose because that's the one maybe that Paul attended. Uh, so that gives us a little bit of insight what's going on there. And they start to make false accusations against, against Stephen. This story sounds eerily similar to the story of Jesus. They can't refute what Stephen is saying, so they make up things. And what are the accusations they make? Very similar that they make against Jesus that he's speaking against the temple, not to get you in hot water, you don't do that. And he was speaking against the law of Moses. So they're trumping up some charges to try to get him executed. Now you may think, now wait a minute, I didn't think the Jews could execute a person. And that is correct. Typically the Romans would have to okay this. There are probably two possibilities here. First of all, Caiaphas was really tight with Pilate. And maybe Pilate gave him special permission at times to do this, the, the more likely explanation is Pilate was probably in Caesarea. Pilate typically lived in Caesarea and would only come to Jerusalem for things when he knew things were, were cooking and brewing like in the time of Jesus. There was a lot of uproar about Jesus. It was also Passover. That's probably why Pilate was in town and there's no way they could have gotten away with killing Jesus on their own. They would have to go to the Romans. So we had this thing where Stephen is Unfortunately, Pilate's not there, so the Romans will not be involved in the trial of Stephen. So they're going to get this crowd really stirred up against Stephen, but when they look at him, they notice his face is like the face of an angel. I kind of wonder what that's all about. Is it, is it his countenance or is it his demeanor uh, that he's calm in the face of adversity? We really don't know. Now I want you to look at verse 51 in verse 60 of chapter 7 with me at this time. Now this is after Stephen's given his defense. He's really preached a sermon through the entire Old Testament story. He's told the whole story of the Bible at this point from the very beginning until that time. And now he is going to say some things that they don't want to hear and they're going to be very upset. So we're going to pick up with the last part of Stephen's defense. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, uh, so do you. Which the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law, is delivered by, which is delivered by angels, and did not keep it. But when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. 
And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. There are so many fascinating parallels with the story of Jesus. Some of the same things that Jesus said to the Sanhedrin when he was on trial. The Son of Man coming on the clouds concept. This idea that you, and Jesus had said this earlier in his ministry, that you killed the prophets. You guys are liable. If you remember, they answered Jesus back and said, well, if we'd have been there, we wouldn't have done that. Jesus said, you surely would have done that. He's like, now you build these monuments to the prophets, but your fathers murdered them, and you would have done the same thing. So very similar language that Stephen uses in his defense that Jesus uses. And then he commends his spirit to the Lord. And then he also says, do not hold this against them. Very similar to the words of Christ on the cross. One thing I want you to focus on today that I find fascinating and very encouraging is that at the moment when Stephen is going to die, he looks into heaven, he sees the glory of God. Imagine how encouraging that was as he's going through this awful event. He also sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And that's interesting because there's this theory about when Jesus ascended back into heaven, did he go back into his pre-existent state as you know, purely this son of God, as, as a pure spirit. But Stephen does see Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. So that's interesting that he's ascended, but he's still Jesus. And usually in passages that we read about the ascension, we read that Jesus would ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father. But at this moment, he's standing. And there's some theory that maybe Jesus is standing to honor the sacrifice of Stephen and to welcome him uh, to his heavenly home. I think that's, that's pretty encouraging when you consider Steve, Jesus standing uh, for Stephen here as he's going through what he's going. Now, this thing that they did to Stephen typically with stoning, they would put the victim in a lower place where the ones that are going to carry out the execution could stand over them from a high point and hurl large rocks down on top of them. Uh, of course, there would be some stones they would throw, uh, but eventually it would be larger stones that would kill the victim. Notice we're introduced to Saul of Tarsus for the first time, the Apostle Paul. So he was there at the stoning of Stephen. So in today, today's reading, we saw a lot of similarities in the story of Stephen and the death of Christ, many parallels. We see this courageous young fellow who's willing to give up his life for the faith, and he's encouraged by seeing the glory of God in Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, in a sense welcoming Stephen to his reward. Well, I hope you have a great day. I appreciate you tuning in this week to all the podcasts. And join us again next week. We will jump into Psalm chapter 27. If you want to read ahead, that'll be our Psalm on Monday. But once again, like I said, I hope you have a great weekend. Hope to see you back on Monday.